Do you feel beautiful? Do you look beautiful? Does one really affect the other? Welcome to Beauty Inside and Out with host Bonnie Bonadeo. In our show, we'll help you uncover your true self and unleash beauty that you never knew existed in order to be at your best, both inside and out. Now, here is your host, Bonnie Bonadeo. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Beauty Inside and Out. And if you're joining us on the radio, welcome. And if you'd like to join us on Facebook, we are on my Facebook page, Bonnie Bonadeo. And you can join us there for the live chat because here's the talk today, the beauty of your crown, your everyday crown. And that particular crown is your hair. Now, we may not all be princesses and have royal weddings or to be able to wear a gem-studded tiara, but... We do have our beautiful hair every day. And if you take good care of it and you love it and you you honor it and treasure it, then uh, your crowning glory will be an expression of you. Now, I know most people probably don't realize how important their hair is until they lose it or until it's damaged or it's awful. Um, But I think most people really add an enormous amount of value to their hair. And uh, so we're going to, I think we just went Facebook Live right now. It's working its way through there. So my guest today is Allie Davidson, and she is from the Associated Hair Professionals. So she's the director of Associated Hair Professionals, and she's the editor of Beauty Sense. So we're going to talk about what consumers want, what consumers are asking for, and how to be able to make sure that your service that you're going in and having your hair done is going to be the perfect service for you and how to be able to communicate with those stylists because yeah Ali and I know sometimes they're a little wacky right (laughs) we can only say that because we are them (laughs) we can only say that because we are them absolutely so it's it's all good so welcome Ali well thank you so much for having me I'm thrilled to be here I love your show. <laughs> oh, good. Thank you. Well, we 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 hit a record in March. We had over 50,000 listeners in March. And uh, it's like 13 countries. And I'm thinking, who are these people that are listening to me? Yeah, Don't I ask love questions. That. Just enjoy it. <laughs> so we're, we're doing a good job. So we, you know, we we say that Beauty Inside is out is be able to be designed for all, all of us in every way. Women, men young people to be able to kind of look at how we view beauty and how we want to express ourselves within our own beauty and to love ourselves for who we are. So I always say at the, at the end of the show to be you and beauty. And that means don't be anything else. Don't try to be anything else. You're perfect the way you are. However, what we do know is that all of the tips and tricks that the beauty industry has to offer can certainly enhance your beauty. And we're going to share some of those tips and tricks. But first, we want to hear all about you, Allie. Oh, well, um, my name is Allie Davidson. I got into the beauty industry. um, Well, I've been a licensed cosmetologist for about 13 years now. Um, I went to cosmetology school right out of high school. Um, I just wanted to be, it looks so fun and creative and artistic. And I had no idea how much I would fall in love with the industry, just the impact that you can have on your clients. It's almost, it's addicting. The first time that you um, transform somebody and you see them look at themselves in a way that they've never actually seen themselves. So, um, so I was working behind the chair for a couple years and I sort of always had like a nagging feeling in the back of my head that maybe I missed something by not going to college. And actually a lot of it's, um, 
came from my clients. I would have some clients that would ask me, you know, what are you going to be when you grow up? Or what do you do for a real job or a full-time job? And I was like, well, this, this is it. I love this. Um, and obviously, you know, I was raised that you go to college. That's what you do. So a couple years into my career, I started, um, started school. I went, I got a degree in um, communications and marketing and nice. I was still working behind the chair the whole time. So basically for those four years, well, it was on the five-year plan. For those five years, um, I went to school basically just thinking about how I could bring all of that back to the beauty industry and just make my career that much more fulfilling. And um, when I got out of school, I realized, well, I got a job um, directing a the clinic for a cosmetology school. For anyone who hasn't been to cosmetology school, um, a large majority of the portion that you're there, you're working in sort of like a mock salon, basically. Um, like how nurses have clinicals, we have a clinic in cosmetology school. So I was managing that and it really made me realize for as much as I loved touching my, my clients' lives through transforming them to be able to train this next generation of stylists and be a part of their careers and all the people that they would touch. I just, I fell in love with that even more. And then I heard about Associated Hair Professionals. We're a national association to support stylists through their entire career with all the business resources and things that they need. And I was like, well, how cool would it be to do this on a national level? So um, for the past five years, I've been uh, the director of Associated Hair Professionals. I've been able to um, you know, teach at trade shows, give insulin um, courses, mentor different hair styles. It's been just incredible. I love this industry and the way that we're able to touch people's lives. It's really, you know, it's beyond just superficial. Um, it's incredible. So that's a little um, bit about me. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, I love that. You know, honestly, your story is so very familiar, not only to mine, but many people in this industry where people think, I think we even go into it with, you know what, I could just, I'll get my hair license, I'll do hair while I'm going to college or until I figure out what I really want to do. And I saw this Facebook post the other day um, and it, somebody had asked the question, how long have you been in the industry? And the numbers were amazing. It was like 44 years, 47 years, 33 years. I mean, this it's 36, no, 37 years for me next month. Um, 24 years, 15 years. So when people get into this industry, even with the best intentions of thinking I'll be doing something else, they don't. Yeah. Yeah. They, don't. they stay here. Now they may not stay and stand behind the chair and end up in positions like what we're doing. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm running an agency, you're running an association, I'm doing a radio show, you're out educating as well. So there's lots and lots of opportunities in beauty. And uh, I love the way it sucks you in and, and uh, just takes you on a ride. It does. I feel like if you make it past the first five years, because a lot of times, you know, it's not exactly what you think going in. It's not all fashion shows and photo shoots. <laughs> and um, makeup application. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But once you find your niche, man, you're a lifer. It's just, I can't imagine working in any other industry. And I don't know many people who can say that about the industry that they're in. But the second that you, you know, you have a bad day, then something happens that you're like, this is why I do exactly what I do. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I do love the salon environment. I did love doing hair on my clients. I just like you thinking, you know, I need to go to college when I started kind of going back to college and getting involved in a couple different other arenas of coaching and, 
and emotional intelligence trainings and things like that, I just realized that there was, I had a, I had a bigger purpose Mm-hmm. Um, and that I wanted to kind of explore that uh, as much as I can and for as long as I can. And, you know, boom, I, I, it's hard to believe. And I did the same thing like you where it was coming out of, out of high school uh-huh. um, and getting my license. And I was just up in Colorado, where you are, for my niece's graduation. And um, it's a, it's a, they're kind of a north, north Denver in a small town. Um, and there's a lot of agriculture going on there. Mm-hmm. So at this graduation, there was a lot of people in their in their profiles and their little bios that were going into the agriculture field. And I and I just laughed because I remember growing up, like you know, when when my counselor said to me, "Well, if you're not going to make it through high school, you better figure out some kind of trade that you're going to be able to do to survive." And she's like, "Have you thought about agriculture?" And I'm thinking, "What? <laughs> she was, well, what about cosmetology?" And I'm like, "I don't even know what that is either." <laughs> it, it seemed to be the choice and I certainly wasn't a girly girl you know mm-hmm. back I was more of a tomboy and and very sports oriented so uh but it seemed to be exactly where I needed to be uh-huh that's funny I was definitely a tomboy too and I can remember um when my mom and I went to tour co- the cosmetology school I wanted to go to and she was trying to talk me out of it the whole time and we sat down with the director of the school my mom said do you have to have like some kind of talent, at least, to be able to do this, like implying she can't even do her own hair. <laughs> <laughs> well, there, there, there we are. Here we are, the shoemaker's sons, right? Exactly. So it, that's why hairdressers exist, because none of us are good at doing our own hair. <laughs> right. Yes. It's total different body position when you're doing somebody else's versus your own. <laughs> I think that we, I think that we do the best that we can, but you know what? I, um, I, I know sometimes people feel as though they wish they had a different head of hair. Yes, absolutely. You know, they, they want it to be lighter, darker, thicker, curlier, straighter, and, you know, mm-hmm. not red, not blue, not black, whatever the color is. And, mm-hmm. uh, but nowadays with, with all of the choices, you can pretty much have anything. You can and you can't. Um, not everybody can have everything, which is, I think, what gets a lot of people in trouble when they they come out of the salon and they're feeling disappointed because they came in with just really unrealistic expectations. Um, Yes, your hairstylist is probably capable of doing anything, but there's science behind it and your hair might not be capable of doing everything. Good point. So, you know, if I had level, well, we call it level one. If I had black, black hair, I would probably never be able to accomplish this white. It's just, especially not in one setting um, or one sitting you know, if I vice versa naturally had platinum blonde hair, um, probably black dark hair wouldn't even look good on me, right? And it would be um, just such a process that we've sort of gotten used to seeing so many different stylists and all the possibilities on Instagram and Pinterest. And you get so excited thinking that all of them should be for you. And you know what? Hair has its limits. It really does. Definitely. And and you also have to give credit to the hairdresser. They have limits too. And right. not based on what they're capable of doing or what they are an expert in or not. I mean, those are factors, of course. Mm-hmm. But sometimes their limits are being able to make sure that they're doing the best they can to keep the integrity of your hair in place. So Absolutely. that... And these are the stories that I that I hear from my clients and from uh, 
my coaching clients when they're when they're dealing with dissatisfied customers mm-hmm. is that the customer's expectations were one thing, the stylist communication was another. Right. And so I so I know that today we're going to talk about how to be able to really maximize uh, that experience with your hairdresser to be able to get that awesome look that you want and um, and be happy with it and and trust trust the process of of what they're going to share with you in regards to keeping your hair the healthiest because that's critical and most important right um, and also based on you know the color and density of your hair what's realistic and what's not absolutely and yeah. that's and that's a big part of one of the things that you've that your association has accomplished is that you created a um a, a, a online magazine for consumers yeah to be able to share with them some of these tips and that's called beauty sense right yes ahp beauty sense um it's a completely free digital magazine it's written entirely by hairstylists um basically you know we were doing a lot of focus groups with some of our members and we were like you know what where are your pain points how can we help you as your professional association and so many things came back to I wish my clients understood this. I wish my clients understood that. And we started realizing, you know, there are so we share it with them. Exactly. There's so much bad information out there too. You know, there's teenagers making um, YouTube tutorials in their bedroom, you know, and people look at that and think that that kid knows it all and they aren't even a licensed professional. So we're just trying to clear up some of that air, um, get some good education back out there for consumers so that, they can come in with realistic expectations and they can, again, learn to trust their hairstylist and know that they're the educated professional. They're not going to lead you um, down the wrong path. They want nothing but healthy, beautiful hair for you and they want to give you what you want. But there are some limitations, you know? Yeah. And listen, there's there's plenty of platforms where hairdressers communicate um, and share with each other. So it's you, you're not just trusting your hairstylist you're trusting hundreds of hairstylists that we're all supporting each other based on our own knowledge and experience and expertise of being able to make sure that certain things that maybe you don't have an enormous amount of clients in that mm-hmm. skill set, you're not doing clients every day in that skill set, um, but to be able to do the best you can. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, I think- uh, can we, before we go on a break, can we talk the Royal wedding here? Oh, please do. Let's, let's talk the Royal <laughs> wedding. So, First, I I loved it. And I'm telling you, I'm not like a big fan of watching this, but mm-hmm. there is something really uh, admirable about the whole royalty and, and royal wedding and how traditional it all is. Um, it's uh, it, I think it's just fascinating because it's certainly, you know, obviously it is that style of life, that lifestyle never came to America. Yes. We have a very different culture. Um, but it's fun to be able to watch it and to see that the, the, the traditions and the heritage are still so intact. Um, but I thought that Megan looked beautiful. I would agree. She's such a natural beauty, though. I mean, she could have rolled out of bed and walked down the aisle and we would have been like, oh, you're just incredible. <laughs> yeah. She I thought that she looked fantastic. I thought the dress was beautiful. I thought everything about her was just and I and I, I really thought that it represented her. Her style, it wasn't overly traditional. It still had a very modern feel to it, which I feel like she's a modern girl. Right. Um, and she kept the makeup and the hair still very simple and elegant and not overdone because I just don't think that she's somebody that, 
you know, does overdoes anything. Um, and I know that um, in all of that looking beautiful, there were a lot of comments, though, that were happening out there from people in regards to the makeup looked very subtle. Mm -hmm. And that one piece of hair that fell out. Um, and I don't know if it, um, I don't know when it fell out or if it was designed to fall out or if it was always yeah. out. I don't know. I didn't, you know, I didn't see all of the footage on that. But, you know, hairstylists were going crazy over that one piece of hair that was coming out. Yes. Um, yeah. I yeah. suppose that, you know, if there was a certain expectation of what you wanted to look like on your wedding day, that if your hair kind of started to fall down, it could be disappointing. But I think that was... I think that was, I think it made it look very natural. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, going back to really what your whole show is about and being your own kind of beautiful, mm -hmm. I don't think that she would have looked comfortable or as gorgeous in a placard down with a ton of hairspray hairdo. That's just not her. Mm -hmm. You know, she chose nice, subtle makeup that was natural because that's how she feels comfortable and that's how she chose to marry her prince. And I think that that in itself is beautiful and whatever she wanted, she should have on her day, I think. <laughs> yeah, good. So we've got some people that are commenting here. Brent. Hello, Mr. Brent. Thank you. Yes, she did look beautiful. Hi, Andy. Uh, Joshua, thanks for sharing with us. And uh, Lori, Jeff, and a few others. Thanks, you guys, for joining us here on Facebook. And uh, any any comments you'd like to add to that, please do. But I, I thought it was I thought she was stunning. And um, mm -hmm. and I just and I know that somebody posted on there. I think it was Aubrey Lutz posted a, a long, long, long Facebook message. Hello, Aubrey. I'm mentioning you. And he was just like, I'm so disappointed in hairstylists just not allowing it to have you know, first of all, it sounded like we were putting down the hairstylist that did the hair. Yeah. And second of all, we need to, you know, we need to take care of each other. But secondly, mm -hmm. that it was, it wasn't that big of a deal. Right. Right. You know, like you said, she's not, it, it didn't, it wouldn't have seemed natural for her to have some plastered type of look. And then, and then I think about it, it's like, you know, here we are, we're on video We're this is our big showcase right here. And my hair is not perfect. Oh, I can't keep mine out of my eyeballs. <laughs> yeah, I know. Mine is, mine's doing the same thing. Like, I keep just kind of pushing it away. So I uh -huh. discovered that um, my new home in Atlanta, Georgia, my hair uh, is better kind of letting it go more natural than trying to smooth it out. Because once I smooth it out, it starts to just stick <laughs> my head. Humidity, humidity is an interesting thing. Yes, yes. Well, you know, I kind of feel bad for Megan in that she was under such a microscope. This is a royal wedding. And why we're so obsessed is because especially as American little girls, we don't have these kind of traditions. This is our fairy tale books coming to life that we're yes. seeing. This. So we sort of have this idea of how the fairy tale is supposed to go. And she did a great job of adapting it to her. And isn't that why we love her is that she's not the traditional princess. You oh, know, no. she comes from a very different background than anybody that's ever married into the family. And I like that she was just, she was herself and she owned it. And clearly, my goodness, did you see the look all over her now husband's face? He was just eating it up so in love with her. He so. He looks so happy and so comfortable with the, the direction he's going. Yeah. And um, they actually appear to be incredibly cute together. 
Yes. You can see that, that, kind of that, that you know, the little nuance and the hand holding and the things that might not seem traditional to, you know, being royalty, but um, I think he's going to break the mold on all of that. So good. All right. Well, I'm glad that you enjoyed it and that you felt that she was just stunning um, her prince as well. So we are going to take a break real quick. And when we come back, I want to chat about, you know, let's talk about these expectations that uh, we want to clear up so that clients can have the best experience with their hairdresser. And and um, some of the articles that your beauty sense has been tapping into and, and what type of response that you're getting from those. Okay. All right. I can't wait. We are live on voice America, of course, right now. And we're live on my Facebook page, which is uh, be- uh, be- well, beauty inside and out show is how you can find us. And then Facebook live is at Bonnie Bonadeo. We'll be right back. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Are you looking to uncover your authentic self? Looking to improve your communication, selling, or public speaking skills? Discover Naked Audience Productions trainings on public speaking, leadership, sales, and healing. Mastering the art of authentic communications can change your life in many ways. From promotions to profits to enhancing any relationship, whether it's business or personal, finding and speaking your naked truth is a beautiful thing. Visit www.napevents.com or call 877-319-2403. That's napevents.com or 877-319-2403. What's your coffee story? The one that defines who you truly are in a relaxing setting. It's where you share your memories, plan for the future, and talk about the now. My Favorite Coffee Story is here with host Aniko Samoji. We invite you to listen in and share your coffee stories too. Bring your friends or just stop by as we talk about coffee and the inspiring stories that touch our lives every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are listening to Beauty Inside and Out with Bonnie Bonadeo. If you have a question or comment about our show, please send an email to Bonnie at BonnieBonadeo.com. That's Bonnie at BonnieBonadeo.com. Now back to Beauty Inside and Out. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. I've got my guest, Allie Davidson. She is from the Associated Hair Professionals. Um, And Allie, tell us a little bit about the type of work that you do at Associated Hair Professionals. Yes. So we are a national association to support hairstylists. We like to think of ourselves as sort of a business partner to hairstylists. So um, once someone is a member with us, we provide new websites, marketing materials, advanced education, liability insurance. So Basically, what I do is um, I'm sort of the the front person. I go out and because hairstylists are my people, I am a hairstylist. So I go to all kinds of industry events, um, randomly visit salons all the time just to be like, how can we help you? How can we um, support your, the work that you're doing behind the chair? What do you need? 
And um, then I basically come back to the association and we work on creating those things and obviously marketing them and building building the membership because the more members that we have, you know, their strength in numbers, the uh, more resources and benefits we can add to the package of membership. So good. And and, and there's there's hair there's the associated hair professionals, but there's also skin and nails as, as well. Yes, we actually have three sister associations, um, one for estheticians, one for nail techs, and one for massage therapists. So we have a home for um, basically every aspect of the beauty business. Oh, that's perfect. Well, listen, I know that associations do a lot of good work um, for our industry. And so if you're in the industry, check them out. They are, um, how, do, how do they find you? Associatedhairprofessionals.com. Perfect. Makes it easy. All right. So let's talk about, let's talk about, you know, being a hairdresser here. Cause I think there's a lot of misconceptions around this whole arena of doing hair. Yes. So what have you found in talking with a lot of your members, which are hairstylists, Mm -hmm. what have you found that they, they are frustrated with, they wish they could. Yeah. Well, I think um, quite honestly, a lot of consumers look at our industry and think that it is all, you know, glitter and hairspray and that they don't really look at the um, internal transformation that we make on people based off of, you know, your looks, they do mean a lot, which is that is how it is. Um, so a lot of hairstylists that we talk to or that we encounter, um, one of their biggest frustrations is people just not really taking our industry seriously, not realizing how much schooling we go to and not just how much initial schooling we go through to get licensed, which, by the way, takes state board tests, practical and theory, but then to keep up with that because you really just learn the the minimums in cosmetology school, it's a lot about, um, you know, bone structure and transferable diseases and sanitation, that kind of stuff that a lot of people don't even think that we would need to know or that we ever learn. But then to keep up on trends, um, I'm amazed, you know, all of our trade shows and all of our education, they happen on Sunday and Monday because that's typically the days that a salon is closed traditionally. And how many other people do you know that that's when they advance their career is on their days off? That's when they go to keep getting educated. You know, if you sit down and talk to any hairstylist, I've never met one that um, didn't take their career just with so much passion and heart behind it, which can also, um, you know, be draining to hairstylists too. It's We put so much out there and it is, it's such a fine line between being artists and being business people because we look at our clients as that's our art walking around and that means a lot to us. And, you know, you think about an artist and they're passionate and they run by their heart, but then this is also our career. We also have to make a living here. So we have to also learn a lot of business sense about, you know, pricing and how to make our schedules and um, all that kind of stuff. So I think that just so much more goes into it than most consumers realize. And it can be frustrating to hairstylists to sort of feel underappreciated or undervalued sometimes. Or that it's just a, they couldn't make it through college and so they just are doing hair. So yeah, there is a lot of that. We're, we're still battling the stigma of it not being, you know, a, a respected career, but in other parts of the world, you know, in, 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 in England and in places in Europe, being mm-hmm. a hairstylist is like being a doctor. Yeah. It's highly oh, respected. Good. 
And it's, and, and although in, on the average here in America, you could go to school, you could say 10 months to one year, and then that would, you would be able to then qualify to get your license because you've done the hours. Mm -hmm. Um, Then you'd be licensed by your state in other parts and other regions and other parts of the world. It's an apprenticeship program that is like three to five years long, Mm -hmm. um, which is, which is, which is valid because, you know, I said to my son the other day when we were driving down the road, I said to him, I said, you know, I said, if I, if I had to go back and do hair right now, everything I learned in beauty school is not the trend today. Yeah. So I would have to learn how to do balayage and I would have to learn how to do some of these, you know, these different coloring techniques and and styles and cuts and everything. I, I would have no idea how to take somebody, you know, I, I could figure it out, but certainly I wouldn't attempt it without having some education okay. behind me. How to take them to these mermaid colors? Right, right. Start so, on a mannequin. <laughs> and you know, you made a really good point there, Allie. I love that. That you know, like if you were an accountant, there might be an accounting class on, say, Friday or Tuesday, and mm. you would leave work and go oh, yeah. take the class. But we can't leave work and go take the class because if we leave work, we don't get paid mm-hmm. because we are getting paid based on a client making a purchase of a service with us. So when our books are full or when we're, when we're busy and making money, it's because we're serving clients. Absolutely. Yeah. I also wanted to go back to your point of um, other countries, how they look at hairstylists. One of the focus groups that we did with one of our members, she had moved here. I want to say it was from Venezuela, but it was from another country. And she said she spent four years in school to get her cosmetology license there. And she was like, to be the hairstylist of the town, people just, they'll bribe you and they'll bring you dinner and they'll buy you elaborate gifts. Like everybody, (laughs) you know, just wants to win over the hairstylist. Um, And she was so shocked at how different it is here in America. And she was like, don't these people understand that we we can change the way that they look. <laughs> like we can give them bad days for the next couple months. She was so cute. But and then my other uh, thing I wanted to add to that too is we tell when we talk to cosmetology students, we say, hey, you might be in school for a year. Which side note to that, for all of the hours that we put in, we're not talking a typical like year of college. You're actually in class for probably the equivalent of two to three years of college if you really added up the hours oh, of yeah because a class you know a, a, a handful of classes four or six credits or whatever is so many hours but right. this is going to beauty school is a, is a full-time job if you want to 40 compete. hours a week oh yeah for sure so we tell cosmetology students you know Think of this as a four-year education because you might get out of school within a year, but your first three years in the industry, you probably should go apprentice. You know, you have a lot to learn. You're not going to just come out and start making $100,000 right away. It's There's a steep learning curve there, which goes back to what I was saying earlier about, you know, if you make it past the first five years in this, in this industry, you're a lifer. You're going to, yes. you're so in love. <laughs> Five years, because we know that the the fallout probably happens around three. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and part of that, it's not because they don't know how to do the hair that they've been trained to do in school or to be able to, you know, diagnose certain, um, you know, sanitation issues and stuff mm-hmm. like that. The issue is that they, the, 
being a hairstylist is also means that you have to be kind of, you have to have some entrepreneurial skills as well. You got to build your books. You got to find your clients. You got to promote yourself. Mm-hmm. You got to sell product to be able to, you know, help support that, that client's uh, look and longevity. And all of those things are kind of more on the alignment of soft skills and business skills. So I'm a big believer in, Yes, if you're more of a creative artsy person, this is a great industry for you. But I also think you need to have some of the good business skills in Absolutely. the box as well. Absolutely. There's a big difference between just doing hair and making hair your business. There's a huge, huge difference there. Huge difference. Now, I know that, you know, the, one of the nonprofit associations out there that has scholarships available. So if anybody listening and they have somebody that they want to... Um, go to college. And this would obviously be in North America at this point. I think just in, in Canada and the USA, this is offered here, but um, that there are scholarships that can pay up to half of the tuition for beauty college. And the association is called beautychangeslives.org. And honestly, the stories that come out of that organization, and I'm sure the stories that you hear as an association as well, we really do change lives. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, absolutely. Not just of our clients and those transformations. I mean, think about, um, you know, you transform someone's look and they go and get that next promotion to, you know, be able to feed their family more or to do something different. Not only that, but just the people who work in our industry. I mean, every hairstylist has a story, believe you. I mean, it's incredible. And the backgrounds that we all come from and Mm -hmm. the way that so many hairstylists have picked themselves up with their from their bootstraps and um, you know it's it's just incredible and beauty changes lives is awesome. I think we were both at the beauty changes lives event a, about a month ago at um, at the ABS trade show. Oh yeah, in, yeah, in Chicago, it was beautiful. Yes, it's it really really well done event and um, it's so nice to see the industry and some of the bigger bigger players of the industry contributing to the the longevity of our industry by you know putting money into scholarship programs so that we can continue edu- you know providing education mm-hmm. and uh, getting new people in the industry yeah absolutely I love that and you know like you talked about the education and the hair shows and everything. It's, it, this, is, this is really an industry that you become one big family. I mean, even my son, I took him to his first hair event and it was really just the after party of an event. It wasn't even, you know, like a hair show or anything. And he says, wow. He goes, he goes, mommy goes, hairstylists are pretty diverse. He goes, but they, they seem to love what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And it's true. Yeah. It's so yeah. nice to kind of see that from a different perspective. Like people really love what they're doing. Absolutely. Yeah. It's funny. There's sort of a joke in the industry too, about how you can be in a crowded room. If there are two hairstylists in the room, you can pick out the other hairstylists. It's like, we, (laughs) I see in you what I have in me. There's just something there, even as diverse as we are. We are diverse. (laughs) Yes. It's, it's so true. I love that too. All right. So what, what do we need to know? Uh, What, from the client's perspective, what do we need to share with them in regards to the best hairstylist or finding a great hairstylist? Absolutely. Well, I think that the biggest thing um, is really just to trust your hairstylist. Um, even if it's your first time with a stylist, let them know what you want. Having pictures is great, but understand that they are the educated professional. Um, they're not going to steer you wrong. They want you to have 
what you want, but they also want your hair to stay attached. Um, no hairstylist is ever going to um, purposefully mess up your haircut or mess up your hair color. That's our name on that work. We don't want to give ourselves a bad reputation. So, you know, make sure that you just keep the communication clear, but understand that you know, what you have in your head is maybe not what's going to happen that day. So trust your stylist, um, open that dialogue with them. And also understand too, sometimes there's almost a language barrier between um, a client and a hairstylist that sometimes we can talk in technical jargon or you're trying to talk in technical jargon and you don't realize you're actually saying the opposite of what it is that you want. Like, like I want an ashy red color or, you know, just simple things like that. So pictures are very helpful. Um, and, you know, if there's doubt there, keep the consultation going. Um, keep that those lines of communication open. And if you're not satisfied, we aren't mind readers. Let us know. I mean, you don't have to be nasty yeah, don't about be, it, but don't, don't walk be out afraid. and talk bad about us. <laughs> Do not be afraid to call up the salon or call up the hairstylist and mm-hmm. share with them what you're not happy with. That is right. really important. They they will do whatever they can to make sure that you're satisfied. And I know sometimes it's awkward and, mm-hmm. and sometimes you walk away from the salon and you really feel like it looks good and it's the right tone or the right cut or the shape. And then you go home and you do it yourself and, and then you might, you might see it in your environment a little differently, but it's okay. I think mm-hmm. every hairstylist would encourage any client that wasn't happy with the service to please call them back instead of just going somewhere else. Absolutely. They, they, they do want to definitely make it work for you and fix it if it if it needs to be fixed. And, you know, color is a color is one of those crazy areas where we understand from our training, you know, the, the different tones and the different levels of tones and the different layers of tones, all in regards to, you know, a, a, a very, you know, basic color uh, wheel. But the client's kind of like, oh, I see red, you know, oh, it's too, it's too yellow or whatever those type of words are and stuff like that. So um, it, it, is, it is being able to listen intently as a hairstylist to what the client says they like and what they don't like in order right. to kind of achieve a good look. Right. It's sort of like to um, what was the debate not too long ago? Well, I guess it was maybe a couple of years now, but the blue dress or the gold dress, we oh. all see things slightly different. And depending on that, the environment and all of that kind of stuff too. Um, yeah. I don't remember whether I thought it was blue or white, but I remembered I was not, not the majority, just like uh-huh. on, uh, just like on Yanny and Laurel. Yes. Yanny. yes. <laughs> I think I'm not the majority. So I don't know what that says about me, but. Hmm. Uh huh. And I don't know what it says about me, but I keep flipping back and forth. <laughs> so, okay, there you go. That could be a yeah. problem too. It's true. Part. So we, we do see things in different ways. And so to be able to be descriptive, but you're right. Hairstylists yeah. appreciate and value pictures. Yes. Now, the other it's thing- breaking down the picture to be able to make sure what they're showing you is what they're asking for. Because they might be showing you a, a look. Mm-hmm. But it's not necessarily the color that they're saying, or maybe they're talking about the length. Um, maybe it's mm-hmm. maybe what they're showing you is what they don't want. So yeah. we really, you know, that consultation is is key to be able to satisfy all of those questions and kind of flush them out until you're very clear 
So, you know, and, and you can repeat it back to them and have them agree with you that, yes, that's exactly what I want. Yes. I can't tell you how many times, too, I've had a client in my chair that they would show me a picture and I would take my thumb and cover the person's face in the picture. And I'd be like, what about this hair do you like? And they'd be like, oh, I don't like that hair at all. They wanted the person's face. They liked how that hair looked on that person <laughs> and couldn't really take the face out of it. Right. So They're looking at the whole thing. So when you kind exactly. of like take away the whole look, it has a, it does have a different perspective and everything. Ah, oh, this yes. guy. All right. Yes. So we're going to take our little crowns uh, right now and we're going to take another break. So stay with us if you're on Facebook live with us, because if, of course we don't break at all. We're just going straight through with you. But uh, in the meantime, so if you are interested um, in finding about it, about these free gifts, you can go to um, my website and um, there's a lot of free gifts on my website as well. So if you go to BIO bio free gifts, for beautyinsideandout.com. Um, you'll be able to see some of the things that my guests have offered uh, all of my listeners to be able to um, take advantage of. So it could be a discount, could be something free. Anyway, it's, it's lots of opportunities there. And uh, as always, remember that you can find me, you know, like me, like my pages, uh, join my join my groups and they're called Beauty Inside and Out Show, Beauty Inside and Out Radio. So we'll be right back with Ali and we're gonna talk more client, consumer, hairstylist, miscommunications. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Are you looking to uncover your authentic self? Looking to improve your communication, selling, or public speaking skills? Discover Naked Audience Productions trainings on public speaking, leadership, sales, and healing. Mastering the art of authentic communications can change your life in many ways. From promotions to profits to enhancing any relationship, whether it's business or personal, finding and speaking your naked truth is a beautiful thing. Visit www.napevents.com or call 877-319-2403. That's napevents.com or 877-319-2403. You count. Tune into Interrevolutionary Radio and join the spontaneous wave of people all over the planet who, like you, are changing our world from the inside out. Follow the movement. Meet guests who are shaking things up. Call in and gain insights and courage to empower your own voice. Large or small, your part counts. So join us. Co-hosted by Helen Hillix, Todd Benton, and Chris Reeves. Interrevolutionary Radio airs live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time. 6 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. Where can you learn about EasyWayPromotions.com's social media marketing, brand positioning, and more? Easy Talk Live. Where can you get tuned into celebrities in the business world? Easy Talk Live. Where can you learn about entrepreneurment? Easy Talk Live. Every week, host Eric E.Z. Zuli and his celebrity friends talk about global causes, offer tips and tricks that you can use right now on social media, and give you the chance to promote your projects on Easy Talk Live, every Saturday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. You are listening to Beauty Inside and Out with Bonnie Bonadeo. 
If you have a question or comment about our show, please send an email to Bonnie at BonnieBonadeo.com. That's Bonnie at BonnieBonadeo.com. Now back to Beauty Inside and Out. Welcome back, everybody. My guest, Allie Davidson. She is the editor of Beauty Sense Magazine. Now, this is a consumer client magazine written by hairstylists and people in the beauty industry and the professionals to be able to guide you so that you can have the best experience that you can in visiting your hairstylist. Um, so, Allie, let's talk a little bit more about some of the challenges I think that the client's face in visiting salons nowadays because the landscape of salons has changed a little bit. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) So I I think it's one of those, I think it's one of those things where back in the day we would go into what they called like the unisex salon or the salon where all the stylists work, but now there's a lot of independent stylists that work in studios or suites, like, you Mm -hmm. know, um, small office spaces in a sense. And I think, I think the consumers are a little confused by this, but they're still all licensed professionals because every hairstylist in, in America has to be licensed. So they're, they're not, you know, unlicensed people. They have to have business licenses and cosmetology license to be able to do that. They're just working in more of an independent environment versus the big salons from back in the day. And um, the greatest way, and here's my here's my thought on this, and you tell me your thought on this. Mm-hmm. The greatest way to be able to find the best hairstylist is to ask somebody that you like their hair. I would agree. Um, and if you can't find somebody that you like their hair, social media is a great way to find a stylist, particularly Instagram. Um, check out hashtags for, you know, hairstylists in your area or if there's a certain you know that you um, like a really tight pixie cut or things like that. Find the specialist in your area. You can look basically right through their portfolio is on their Instagram page a lot of times. Um, And if not, maybe just scrolling those pictures, you can see through some of the comments um, and be led in a different direction to check somebody else out. But um, but yes, word of mouth. most good hairstylists that are that are building their business and have available opportunities to continue to to take new clients, they will hashtag their city. Absolutely. So if you if you do hairstylist and then hashtag uh, the hairstylist cities, um, you'll get a plenty. Yes. They're very good because this is a very visual industry, beauty. Mm-hmm. They're very good on social media. The good ones are very good on social media, so that it's a it's like you know bake, opening up the phone book back in the day. Yes, <laughs> that's a good analogy for it. Absolutely. Right. And you couldn't just have it listed. You had to buy the ad and it was, it was getting <laughs> so expensive to buy um, an ad in the yellow pages. Yes. Yes. Do they even still make the yellow pages? I don't think so. And then, of course, you had to make sure that you named your salon with an A. So you'd be the right. first one listed. You would never want to be on the back of, you know, once you go to hair stylist or hair salon, you would never want to be in the Z world because they'd never get to you. Uh Yeah. So (laughs) it's kind of crazy. So now you can, now we have the sophisticated uh, social media opportunities. So you'll be able Uh to find the hairstylist that you're looking for. So what are some of the other challenges you think our clients are up against in, in visiting a hairstylist? Well, I think that um, a lot of clients don't really understand that it's more than just your hair. Um, 
here we are on Beauty Inside and Out show, that, you know, you were talking about hair color the other day, how, or the other day, a couple minutes ago, how <laughs> so much goes into it with the color wheel and tones and all of that, but it's more than just what's on the surface. Um, things can play into your hair, like the medications that you're on, um, how healthy your diet is, just so many different things that, yes, we can absolutely follow the training to the science and put it on your hair and something still can go wrong or something still can appear that we didn't expect. Um, you can avoid a lot of this by number one, being honest with your hairstylist. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think a lot of clients are maybe a little ashamed or something to say, yeah, I tried a box of hair color from the grocery store even a couple years ago, think of how long it takes your hair to grow out. It's probably that color is still on the ends of your hair somewhere. Or, um, yeah, yes, I trimmed my own bangs. Things like that, that your hairstylist is going to find out anyway. So you mm-hmm. might as well give them a little heads up so they can take the necessary steps to make the most out of what your hair can do Um especially when it comes to color. Some things that people don't really think about letting their hairstylists know either is maybe if you're um, on some new hormone treatments or things like that, different medications can actually coat your hair. Um, if you or have, react adversely. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Um, if you are trying some new products at home that, um, you know, there are some drugstore shampoos that um, can actually like coat your hair in almost plastic that can be really um, damaging or really difficult to get through with color, things like that. So be honest with your stylist and understand it's not just what you see, it's what you're putting into your body too is affecting your hair. And how's your hairstylist going to know unless you open up to them? So yeah, it's true. And I'm, and I do want to, you know, listen, I've, I was never sensitive to products um, and then all of a sudden now I have, you know, and, and one of the things that my doctor told me was that, you know, kind of my age and my hormone levels changing, mm-hmm. that I'm super sensitive to foods, products, fragrances. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do have to be careful. I, I, I get, to, I'll, I'll have a reaction. And then one of the other things that I noticed too, is that if I'm on antibiotics or any type of medicine, um, you can have adverse reactions. So even when I just had my eyelashes done, uh, I, you know, I was, I was like, I'm committing to having big full eyelashes and, and mm-hmm. went and had them done. And the first time they were beautiful. And I was like, this is, this is so great. You know, mm-hmm. mascara in the summertime is a nightmare. Right. <laughs> um, and I went and had them done the second time, but I was on antibiotics um, the second time and had a reaction and my eyes swelled up. Oh man. From the adhesive and the antibiotics. Wow. So the first time it was fine, but the second time there was something else going on. So it is important, I think, that you let um, your stylist know if there's been any changes or if if you might be sensitive to things because they know how to do patch tests and um, offer opportunities to be able to make sure that you don't have a reaction. And I think people are just they're getting more and more sensitive. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's A lot of it has to do with our food and just sort of the pollution in our environments and all of that kind of stuff. But it's like, you know, people sort of think that hair is superficial. You know, it's not it's not alive. It doesn't hurt when you cut it, that type of stuff. But it is still growing from within you. It's still what you put in your body affects it. And you you think about when you go to the doctor, if he 
prescribes a medicine that doesn't work for you, you aren't immediately like, oh, what a bad doctor he is. It's everybody is just made up a little bit different. Um, mm -hmm. So sometimes, you know, a hairstylist is going to do your hair exactly scientifically how it should be done. And it doesn't, it doesn't come out exactly right. They can, they can go back and fix it a lot of the time um, and work with you, but don't get frustrated, you know, just talk it through and let them know honestly what's going on with you um, and what's, what it is that you don't like about your hair. That yeah, it, it's true. And listen, there are many great stylists out there mm -hmm. and there are some that are on a learning curve and there are some that may not in, may not take advantage of the advanced education that is necessary to be a really good stylist. But all of them, all of them are, you know, probably have a good foundation of training and it's just finding the right one that you're going to be compatible with. And I know that most hairstylists really, really appreciate um, referrals and opportunities to, you know, if, if they're not, if you're not satisfied with the results, opportunities to be able to, you know, uh, fix it or, you know, accommodate you for whatever that is. And um, they're, they're the most compassionate generous, loving, crazy people that I've ever met. And I, I'm, 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 I'm thrilled to be a part of this tribe. Yes. And I want to throw in there too, even the hairstylists that are on the learning curve or who are fresh out of school, they still know more than your brother's sister's cousin who wants to do something in your kitchen or buy something from the grocery store and um, change the color of your hair. So Regardless, going to a professional is always worth it. They all still have more training than the Pinterest post that you watched or the YouTube video <laughs> that you watched. So, um, you know, find a hairstylist that you can bond with. Um, find one that does take advantage of advanced education. And I think that that's, that's how you find your stylist. That's how you um, really, you know, get the best hair that you possibly can. So. Yeah, it's true. So tell us again how we can get this free client magazine um, and be able to utilize it. So for the professionals, utilize it with your clients. Have it be, you know, uh, an opportunity for them to, you know, download or take home if you want to print them out. Um, tell us again that website. Absolutely. AHPBeautySense.com. We have three issues up there right now and we're working on more. Um, as I mentioned, it's written entirely by hairstylists. These are the people that are, you know, credentialed to give out this kind of advice. You know, so many people turn mm -hmm. to Cosmo and Allure and Nylon and all those consumer magazines. And when you stop to look at who wrote this article to tell me how to take care of my hair, it was another consumer. It was just somebody else who was trying this by trial and error. Well, this magazine is all from, from the professionals and it has everything in there from, you know, if you are looking at going blondes, if you're looking at getting unicorn crazy hair, if you, um, want to go really short and don't know how to talk to your stylist about it to, Hey, I'd really like to grow my hair. Um, it's not growing fast enough. What can I do? So there's all kinds of topics in there. We're trying to, you know, hit something for everybody. So check it out and 
if you have any ideas, anything that you um, would like to see in there, shoot me an email too. Um, we'd love to get that in for you. My email address is Allie, A-L-I, at AssociatedHairProfessionals.com. So. Right. And for those professionals that are listening and watching us, you can go to AssociatedHairProfessionals.com and find out more about their membership opportunities as well. And again, let's grow this industry together, including with the consumers and the clients. Allie, thanks for being with us today. Uh, and just a reminder, too, you guys can go to my website, and if you go to biofreegifts.com, um, you'll be able to get a download of the Beauty Sense magazine, too. So stay tuned with us next week. You know, June is a month where we um, we really take on some opportunities to be able to share with people that have had cancer before, and uh, and there is a, 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 a Cancer Survivor Day, and it's June 5th, and my guest next week is Barbara Pageant. She does a lot of things in, within the industry that treats uh, people that have had cancer to a day of beauty. So we're going to be talking with Barbara next week and uh, share that day and share how you can be involved, and if you're a client, um, how you can be a recipient of a day of beauty. Yeah. So thanks for joining us, everybody. As always, remember to be you in beauty. Thank you for listening to Beauty Inside and Out. Please join your host, Bonnie Bonadeo, again next Thursday afternoon at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a great week.